The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. Bryant sends one to deep left. Way back. It is gone. A three-run homer. In the entertainment capital of the world. Didn't matter what the count was. It's the T.C. Martin Show. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Way back in my feet. It could be. Cobweb. 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 Holy cow. Look at the left fielder. He has the ball in the end. He has not won. And he has not come down on the field. is now in. Hour number two on this fabulous Friday, actually good Friday to you and a happy Easter weekend. We are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be, of course, in our Friday home and, of course, our special event home as well, too. T.C. Martin Show broadcasting live from the Sportsbook powered by William Hill. Get on over here, bet some NBA tonight. We've got the play-in game finale tonight, two of those games. We'll uh, hit that for you real quick again, and we'll talk about some Major League Baseball as well. And, oh, yeah, football. Yeah, the NFL draft is coming up in two weeks, but wait a minute. We actually got some football games this weekend. You notice I didn't say meaningful football games, but maybe it could be. Yeah, we'll talk about that as well, too. The USFL. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo from Wager Talk. The G-Man here making it all happen, setting everything up. Our engineer at large. And then Numchuck back on the Masters of Wheels of Steel. Hitting, a, hitting us a very uh, many, many genres so far. Is up. Iron Mike is in the house as well, too. The, the, the man, Iron Mike. And he's called Iron Mike because he constructs all this. Then we're sitting in here. This is the house that Mike built. That's right. He's the man, no doubt about it. Appreciate Double B for joining us, and he did look good, didn't he? Yes, Double he did. B coming off his uh, major reconstruction uh, knee surgery. The guy, uh, the guy had it like uh, 22 days ago, and he's out walking. He will, he will not be put down here. It's not they, like, he's not put, like one of those horses, you know. They brought they him back him right away. They must not have uh, salary cap issues. Yeah. They were able to bring him back. <laughs> exactly. All right. Wow. All right, Marco. Let's see. Let's uh, let's talk a little Major League Baseball. Let's let's do that. We talked about Clayton Kershaw. Uh, you obviously you weren't a big fan, fan of that. You you were fine with Dave Roberts doing what he did, huh? I was. It, ask you the question. You said send him out for the eighth. Okay. If they send him out for the eighth and he gets through the eighth inning and he's sitting at ninety five pitch count, now that decision in the ninth inning is even. Even harder to make because now you're that much closer, but you're going to send him over 100 pitches. It's not hard for me. I mean, I'm on the cusp of history. I have my best pitcher going, and he has just mowed everybody down. It's not a tough decision, and it wouldn't be a tough decision for anybody else to make in that same situation except for Dave Roberts because he's done it before, overly cautious. And let's say it was June or July or August. It's a no-brainer. He's doing it, right? 
except maybe for Dave Roberts. But anybody else, are you going to sit there and take away a perfect game opportunity if someone is three outs away? I mean, we're talking, like you said, six outs away, this situation. And he's rolling. And I believe he had like two three-ball counts, hence the, the low pitch total of only 80 pitches here. And, again, it's if you're not in a high-leverage situation, if – you're mowing him down, and the opponent is helping you by all these swings and misses, 13 strikeouts, not even a hint of a walk. I believe there was one ball that was that was hit that maybe uh, would, would be considered maybe a hit, but it was a great play by, by Gavin Lux. That was it. There was one play. Other than that, this guy is rolling. He is, and it's hard to only have 80 pitches with 13 strikeouts. Yeah. That that's the amazing part, because you know you're not if you're getting strikeouts it's great, but you're throwing pitches. You're you're not having one of those six pitch innings where guys are swinging at the first yeah. pitch, you know, and grounding into you know an out or something. You know he's got a. I was surprised at his pitch count when I saw the thirteen strikeouts. You think he's at hundred pitches? You you would think you yeah. know he would at least be in the nineties at right. that point, right? And to only be eighty, yeah, he was in full command. But like I said, it is a long season. You can't win the division the first week of the season. But if he blows his arm out and he's on the DL for for six weeks, if if uh, you know what, uh, you can't maybe win the season in April. But you know what you could do? You could cement yourself into Cooperstown with a perfect yeah. game. I'm blanking. Remember a few, a few years ago, the Washington. Uh, I got a ding finally. All right. It was the the best shot Washington had for going to the playoffs early on, and the pitcher that they had on the pitch count, and they shut him down. Yeah, was, I can't I can't for, remember for, the for name. For the now. record, that was pre Dusty Baker. Okay, okay. that was, wasn't Dusty. It was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, looking back, do you think they would have? You know, they missed their chance. You know, maybe of winning a pennant by protecting the pitcher. And that was late in the season. You're that much closer to yeah, a pennant. You're talking about Steven Strasburg. That's it. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Yeah. And uh, Strasburg did, did have some arm problems. Again, there are going to be freakish-type injuries, like we've talked about, where people are going to get out. I don't think you can play that game about, you know, um, you, this, this could happen or this could happen. You just don't know. I mean, how many times have we seen guys that have cut their finger at home or fell off stairs. I mean, you know, during spring training, you know, or in a restaurant, they get, you know, into... Cleaning a drone. There you, there you go. <laughs> Cleaning a drone. Exactly. So here, I'll pose this question. We'll talk some more about this. Okay, Clayton Kershaw, he's the company guy, right? If it was Max Scherzer or Garrett Cole, what do you think that conversation is like with, from them? And I get, personally, knowing Max Scherzer, Max will say, no, I want to stay in the game. And we saw him go at Dave Roberts when he came over last year. They had a couple instances like this. But you're talking about a perfect game, and it's just not being selfish. It's like, okay, we've got this win today. We're rolling. But, again, I'm, I'm not going to uh, – there's no high leverage here. I mean, it, it's I'm, – I'm fine. I think managers just need to – basically react instead of plan ahead, okay? And just see how the game flows. See how it goes. See what kind of stuff your pitcher has. See what the opposition is doing. If, if they're flail, flailing away and they're non-competitive and not even coming close to getting a base hitch, which the Twins were the other day, then I think you've got to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing what we're doing. I'm going to do that. I didn't see it. Maybe you saw it. Were there any clips whenever Kershaw came off the mound in the seventh inning of Roberts talking to him. Yeah, so I'll tell you this. So they talked after the sixth inning, and, Bla- and then they got Blake trining up. 
after the six. And uh, so there was talk, and again, I'll, I'll give Tim Neverett, our, our, our friend in the play-by-play uh, radio voice of the Dodgers, he said that he thought that Kershaw would not even come out for the seventh. But they had a conversation, and apparently that conversation went like this. Hey, you know, I, I want to kind of you know, let you go to about 85 or so. How you feeling? Kershaw says, oh, I, I'm feeling fine. Just, you know, at least, you know, you know, give me, give me the seventh. But I'm, I'm feeling fine. He goes, okay, well, we'll want to give you one more. And then that's why they had trying up. So then he comes out of the seventh. When he comes out, him and Roberts talk. All of a sudden, all of his teammates have gathered around him inst- instantaneously. Mm. So that decision was already made while he's out there. Mm. In the meanwhile, Trinan has now sat down, and now they get up the ham and agar that I was talking <laughs> about to, co- to come in. And, you know, it's like, well, okay, we don't want to waste Trinan now. We've got a seven-run lead. But, again, yeah. you had an opportunity to get still a perfect game, even though it was a combined perfect game. So I just think that sometimes managers get in their own way, especially Dave Roberts, because he's done this before. I can't argue with that, um, especially the part of not leaving, you know, the better pitcher come in. Yeah. Say you don't need him now, you got a big lead. Yeah. It's a long season as far as the relievers go. That use go for history. Mm. Still, it's going to have the asterisk if they got it because it would have been a combined mm. perfect game. But still, go for history with it uh, and go the best available after you took mm. Kershaw. That would have been the courtesy to Kershaw. Yes, is come with you come with your setup guy and come with your closer, right, and be done with it. There, there you go. He, did, I will. I'm, I'm on board with that. You know, no one else has brought up that point, Markham. That's a great point. You did a disservice to your star pitcher because he could have been involved in history still. Right. With uh, instead, you you throw out a guy that it, like you're treating the game like you're di- like you're up seven to one or you're down seven mm-hmm. to one because that's when that guy comes in the game here. So. No, yeah, if, if Kershaw, you know, we're assuming Kershaw was good with it. You know, he's the company man. He didn't put up a fuss. Like you said, you know, somebody like Scherzer, he might, you might have had to pry the ball out of his hand to get him off the, the mound. But, uh, yeah, that was the wrong thing. Uh, you should have went for the history for Kershaw. You took him out, give him the best chance to do it. Yeah, and the, and the pitcher we're, we're talking about is uh, uh, Vessia, uh, Alex uh, Vessia. Who, who came in and, and, and gave up a hit. And, again, it's, he's just a middle reliever. And then they come with Brohl after that. So it's like, okay, we're, we're not, we're not well, going to Well, once the hit was uh, yeah. you know, out, it yeah. was, it, right. then it was truly just another game. Yeah, there it is. On a Wednesday afternoon. All right. <laughs> uh, speaking of pitching, uh, yesterday we're looking at the board and we're seeing Shote, uh, Shohei Otani going for the Angels yesterday. I watched Otani in the opener against the Astros, you know, and I was watching the Angels television broadcast in that game, and they made a big deal. It's like, okay, you know, Otani is is pitching. The game's in Anaheim. We're going to keep it right here through the break. We're going to follow him because he's going to be leading off. That's never, ever been done before on an opening day, you know, that, uh, you know, and Otani comes up, and they, you know, making a big deal of Otani. He actually pitched pretty well that day. He had nine strikeouts. He only had one walk. Um, and he ended up uh, didn't get a decision, but the Astros, you know, got to him and then got to the relievers. And Joe Madden pulled Otani out in that get game after four and two thirds. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people thinking, "Why are you doing this? This is your your main guy. This and that." He had nine strikeouts, one walk, and you yank him. So I said, "You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to look ahead here, and I'm going to go with Otani. Looking at the schedule, and they're going to be at Texas. I'll get a good price on Otani." He did pitch very, very well. It'll be a good bounce-back situation. Right. And, I, and 
That's what I thought would be good. Um, what happened yesterday? Otani got shelled. Gave up four runs in the second, a grand slam. Gave up four runs in the fourth. Um, gave up a two-run homer in that fourth. He went three and two-thirds yesterday. Uh, flashbacks for me of Otani in 2020 when he got like that one start. And then early part of last year, he wasn't real good. And then he ended up you know, have, having a great season. But what is it with o- Otani here? Uh, again, being shelled like that the way he was against, uh, I don't want to say the light-hitting Texas Rangers, but I'll, I'll say it, uh, not good. And you know, I'm not saying this because we lost a, a, a wager yesterday, or me, uh, but uh, really strange on how ineffective he was yesterday from the beginning. I have seen so far, and we talked about it when we were off air, pitchers that had good outings the first outing, a lot of them are not coming back with good outings. You know, we use the term, you know, Brian just left, but in horse racing, bouncing. These guys are throwing good efforts. Again, I've tried, I've off to a decent start in baseball. I've only had 13 plays so far. We're nine, nine and four with the clients, but I've been selective because I want to see how the season develops. I want to see how the managers are going to handle their pitchers off of this shortened spring training and everything. And, you know, Maybe this is a pattern early on in the first, you know, couple weeks of the season. It'll it'll work its way out because I look at pitchers just like I do look at horses, uh, TC. Pitchers come in and out of form cycles. And when they come into that form cycle, you're going to ride them. They might have three, four, five starts in a row where they're sh- razor sharp. Then you start to see them go the other way for a couple starts. And, you know, to me, I'm old school. I know there's the sabermetrics guys. They like all the advanced numbers. You know what? I still look at the old old stats. You know, ERA, everybody, you know, they don't like that anymore. But I look at strikeouts and walks. If you're getting high strikeouts and low walks, you have full command of all of your pitches. Correct. That's what yep. I want to see. And when you're looking and trying to figure out if somebody's coming in or out of a pattern, look at that. If a guy had been getting eight, nine, ten strikeouts per start, and then you see a start where he had three walks and only three strikeouts. Mm. He didn't have command of his stuff, and there's a good chance that he's not going to have command of his stuff in the next outing. Uh, and that's why I like to look at the pitcher so much. And because the game has changed, like I said, I will do a lot of first five-inning wagers because I don't want to have the managers that like to tinker or go with the cookie-cutter playbook of five or six innings for the starter, out you go. Right. In comes that seventh-inning guy, then followed by the setup guy, then followed by the closer. Now i got to have four people do their job right. instead of 80% of your handicap is that starting pitcher. Right. But i got to involve four people to get to the finish line right. on a full-game wager. You got it. Marco D'Angelo joins us uh, from Wager Talk, talking about a little baseball wager. And let's take a look at uh, some of the games here tonight. Marco, I'll, I'll hit you with a few, and then you tell me uh, if you like a side or not, and then we'll get to maybe a play or two that you got. Uh, 410 Tampa Bay is taking on the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Drew Rasmussen going for the Rays and Dylan Cease for the White Sox. Uh, Rasmussen, 11 career starts without a loss. And this is kind of a big deal because he's, he's halfway to a record here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got a no decision in the season opener, but Tampa Bay did win 5-3. to three. But Rasmussen started off nicely uh, you know, in his uh, 11 starts going back to last year. Uh, 3-0, and an ERA of 2.15. Uh, Dylan Cease, pretty decent pitcher uh, for the White Sox here. Uh, you got a uh, idea or a play about 
uh, in this game? Well, anytime you can get uh, Tampa at plus money, I'm I'm going to look at them. I think they're a solid team, top to bottom. Uh, the pitching staff, the the bullpen, that's a team that I don't have a problem taking full game because I do like their bullpen. There's certain teams yep. that I want no part of for a full game. Um, the White Sox, they got a lot of firepower, though. You know, yeah. I, I mean, the White Sox should run away with that division this year. That division's very weak with Detroit and Kansas City. Minnesota's in, you know, middle of the road there. I think Minnesota's going to win some games this year, but I don't think they'll be anywhere near the White Sox at the end of the season. You're not believing and, in the Guardians? And then, <laughs> then you got the Guardians, which actually have been a surprise so far. Yeah. They're scoring a ton of runs, yeah. um, you know, and if they get – you know, they have some still a few decent pitchers there. They can make some noise, but I don't think that this is what you're going to see from the, I almost said it, from the Guardians. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I started to get that eye I, word I, I out there. I still can't get used to it. Yeah. It's hard for me to do it. Yeah. Well, at least it's not the commanders in, uh, in yeah. the NFL. <laughs> okay. So looking ahead to September, October, how many times will you say football team or even revert back to Redskins? Oh, I you know, all last year. I, I anytime I get a Washington game, probably once a week. I said, you know, yeah. I said Redskins. Because yeah. You're gilded, you're drilled in. When Houston became Tennessee in football, yeah. okay, and and they got the same, you know, Colors. uniform color. Yeah. How many times did you do that? Yeah, Oilers. Yeah, absolutely. Houston Oilers. And Houston the, Oilers, number one. The one that was the worst for me, though, of all the teams in any yeah. of the sports. The Chargers, I screwed up the, the oh, most. Oh yeah, okay. it, it yeah. was the San Diego. Yeah. I don't know how many. If People I had to still do that today, yeah. even it's been you know two, three years removed. Yeah. So yeah, crazy. Five uh, ten, Cardinals in the Brewers. Uh, Miles Mikolas going for St. Louis. Freddie Peralta, good stuff usually from him for the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers start off on the road. I thought the Brewers might be a little fatigued yesterday, and, and I left one on the table yesterday. I really, I wanted to play the Brewers, but I didn't because they had the early start at Miller Park, and you know, going against uh, the, the Orioles, uh, you know, before ah, in the, the road trip, and sure enough, they, they take care of business uh, yesterday. I, I do like this Brewers team. Uh, any, any thoughts or plays today on this game? Well, the Brewers, they're a good team top to bottom. And you talk about a team that you don't have a problem taking full game because they do have a good bullpen and they generally get good starting pitching. Problem with the Brewers right now, they're not scoring a lot of runs. They did get the, the five runs yesterday. And scheduling-wise, I didn't use the game because they were coming off, you know, opening the season on the road. This was their home opener. Now I'm going to ask you, yeah. how are you treating – the home openers when, you know, you're a week into the season and it wasn't what was supposed to be the home opener. The home opener right. got canceled, yeah. you know, from the week. That's a unique situation. Yeah. So, you know, I stayed off a few games that I wanted to play because of the situation, mm-hmm. but then you throw in, well, it's a home opener, but it's not a home opener. Al, you know what? It's a 162-game season. Right. I can find a better play tomorrow. So – Answer to your question, I, I do put emphasis on the home openers. Uh, I've been to a lot of home openers. Even though this is, like I said, it's a weird schedule. It wasn't the home opener on, uh, you know, the original docket, you know, because of the 99-day, you know, lockout. But then when you get into it, it's like the organization does make a big deal about it. And it's like this is their opportunity. Now think about this. And that's why I played, wanted to play the Brewers yesterday for that reason. Mm-hmm. I did it with the Dodgers. 
uh, earlier. I'm going to do it with the Astros when they finally have their home opener, which is going to be not till next week, uh, because again, it has to line up where you have to have a good pitching matchup and a right opponent, especially. You know, if the opponent is coming off of a roach or whatever extra inning game, whatever it is, but I, I still got to factor that in. But to me, it is going to be the one of the few times early on in the season that they are going to have either a sellout or a near sellout. I did that with the Dodgers last night, and if you looked at that game last night, that place was jam packed. They were full of energy and emotion, especially with a team that has some new players. And they have Freddie Freeman. Oh, my goodness. They just serenaded him last night. And they were, like, bowing to him. And they did the same thing with Mookie Betts when Betts came over, you know, three years ago. And, you know, kind of funny thing with the Dodgers when you look at that, Betts beat them with the Red Sox World Series, right? What do they do? They go get their best player. Last year, Trey Turner, right? And Max Scherzer, Nats, right? They beat him. Go get him on our team. Who they get? Freddie Freeman. Think about that. Three key players, actually four key players from the last three years that, that they did them some damage, and now they join their team. But uh, electric atmosphere at Dodger Stadium last night. And so, yeah, you know what's going to happen tonight? The Reds, they'll probably have 30,000 there tonight. Yeah. They had 50,000 there last night. The Brewers, I guarantee the Brewers probably have 17,000 there tonight when they had 38 yesterday. So I, I do put a little value into it, or a little, you know, emphasis on it. There's no question you have to look at that in as far as the Dodgers. The rich just keep getting richer, you know. I mean, when yeah. you can just keep going out and have the unlimited bankroll yeah. and just keep buying players, it's it's hard to beat them. So I mentioned this when Double B was here last hour. Uh, the, this game I like is Atlanta against San Diego tonight. Uh, Kyle Wright has basically been the lone bright spot for the Braves so far this year. He dominated Cincinnati uh, in his first start. Went six innings, no runs, two hits, six strikeouts, one walk. And what I like about this, too, is San Diego has never seen him before. Okay, They've never faced Kyle right before. And then on the flip side, like I mentioned, Mackenzie Gore is going. This guy was the third overall pick in 2017. He, he, came, he was a high school pitcher out of North Carolina. I, he came with a lot of hoopla, I guess, but I, I still don't know why they drafted him. But this is going to be his first career start. Five years later, this guy has never appeared in a big league game. He's making his major league debut tonight. Three years in spring training, was never impressive, never threw over uh, four innings uh, in any spring training game. He's, you know, played, he's pitched okay in single A and double A decent last year in triple a but he still never made a start and for a guy who's your number three overall pick i, I got to just view this marco as he's got to be viewed as one of the most disappointing picks this is five years later you don't normally see this in major league baseball you're going to pay a ton of money to a guy that's picked third overall you're going to give him a big signing bonus you are drafting him high because you want to get him to the show in a year or two at the latest and so for him not to be there and never giving him an opportunity, this tells me one thing. He stinks. <laughs> but you can play the flip side. It's April, and he's he's on the club. So they've he's had to show them something Five for to, get, to, to get the call to do it. Here's a shot. It's not like they've been loaded with pitching, right? It, well, they've had a few guys, but, yeah, uh, yeah the, 
Padres have not been a, right? a, a, a you know, stellar pitching team. Here's the thing. How about this for an angle, though? You know yeah. he's going to be pumped for his first major league start. Um, you, oh. just, you just talked about Kyle Wright. I think he's pissing his pants. Uh. <laughs> I think he's pissing his pants. I don't think he's going to be fired up. This kid has had nothing but disappointment for five years. I'm going to go with the no runs first inning. I think the Braves are going to light him up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> gonna put a we're going to be, t- we're gonna be texting the bottom of the first yeah. inning, okay? And, and, You're going to get a text. You know, and as far as the, the, the first run, uh, the first inning run stuff, that's – I've ne- I really have never played that. I don't think I've ever made a play like that. But I've always thought, yeah, the zeros is a good way to go with that. It, it probably is. But look at the Dodgers did last night. Same situation. A ham and egg they throw for Cincinnati. Boom, they line them up for three runs. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But I like the Braves, and they're even money as yeah. well, too, tonight. I can't, I, can't, I can't dis, uh, you know. I can't say I dislike your play on no. the Braves. I will agree. I'm not with the teasing base. it. Don't worry. Well, well, you can't. If they if they could tease you, you would do it. But I'll they don't find like, a way. Yeah, no you'll find a way. Uh, full game, I like Lamb because no matter what he does in his first start, the Padres starter, he's not going to go deep into the game. So then you're going to be dealing with that bullpen, and I'm not a big fan of the bullpen. I know you know they made some changes, but that's been their Achilles' heel for how many years? Right. So. Yeah, Atlanta full game, and let's try that. No run scored first inning. All right. All right. Marco is uh, advocating that one. All right. The Astros are playing the Mariners tonight. Uh, I'm not an Odorizzi fan at all. Actually, he's probably my uh, least favorite Astro. Uh, Definitely the least favorite pitcher. I I just try to stay away from him. But tonight I'm going to take a shot with the Astros, and I'll tell you why. One is Marco Gonzalez, no relation to you, uh, <laughs> is, uh, is, is going. And Gonzalez got lit up for five first-inning runs on Sunday at Minnesota. Give up a leadoff homer to a Buxton. And then uh, got the bases loaded to give up a grand slam. Five runs in the first. He lasted two innings. Um, so not a big Odorizzi fan, but, I, you know, and Marco Gonzalez has faced the Astros a lot over the last three years, and they've hit him pretty well. Here's another reason why I like the Astros tonight, and this is kind of rare, but they had Monday was their day off. Mm-hmm. They had a day off yesterday as well, too. They are rested. They got their pen. They have had not had to go deep into their pen at all. They had one extra inning game so far this year. They're playing well. Uh, talked to Dusty today. They're rested. They're fired up. Uh, Seattle has become actually a little nemesis of them. If you remember last year, mm-hmm. Seattle gave them a, a little run towards the end, and Seattle finished second in the AL West. But uh, not crazy about Odorizzi, but I think there's some good value here for the Astros. And Dusty does a great job with first game uh, in, of a series, too. The, the Astros have played very, very well. If you go back and look at numbers, I think it backs it up, but they usually show up very well in first game of series. And he'll have his A lineup there tonight because they've had two rested days. I give Obviously, this is a horrible spot for the Mariners. They had to play yesterday in Chicago, as you said, when Houston had the day off. But what we just talked about 10 minutes earlier, this is their home opener. Yeah, I know. Okay, so. And Odorizzi, a little scary. Right. I I was all ready to jump on Houston as a play tonight Mm -hmm. for everything that you just said Mm -hmm. up to the part. It is their home yeah. opener, yeah. okay? And you're right about, you know, Marco Gonzalez. Um, he's not, he was not sharp in his first outing, but a lot of times, as we said, the guys that were sharp in their first outing bounced in their second, and 
maybe guys that had a rough first outing are going to rebound. But you want to talk about history. He's pitched nine times against Houston. His whip is 1.6 right, which is over lot. nine. St- which you know, is huge. So, yeah. you know, you're Big. putting, you know, over one and a half base runners on yeah. every inning. Yeah. And against this Houston lineup, that's not a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. You're, you put base runners on, they're going to drive them home. Right. I am uh, feeling pretty good today, Marco, as well, wearing my Astro shirt because I got my Astro future bet in last Uh-oh. night. There it is. Got What'd the Astros at? at 12 to 1. In a lot of shops, it's 10. I did some shopping. It's 11 here at, uh, at William Hill, 11 to 1. 12 to 1. I had them, you know, last year at 14 to 1. Um, actually, I had, I had two tickets on them, one at 16 and one to 14. I got them twice, once a little bit later on. But uh, I think great value here uh, with them. We know that they have plenty of offense. Verlander's back. Uh, looked fantastic in his first start. I'm actually looking ahead to playing Verlander tomorrow as well, too. We'll look at especially if the Astros do lose tonight, then look at that. But I just uh, look, look at this lineup. It's rock solid. Of course, you know, injuries can happen and everything. Uh, all these young pitchers that Dusty's had to use the last couple seasons, these guys are now growing mm-hmm. and more comfortable. And now, you know, two years, you know, with deep playoff runs and last year in the World Series, I just think there's great value at 12-1. to 1. And I wanted to get your take uh, not only about that, but just uh, future bets and who uh, you have bet with uh, on the future tickets here. I haven't made any future bets yet. I like to wait and get some adjusted numbers like a month into the season because there's a lot of times you're going to look at teams that you might be talking about that are a fringe team. You don't know. You think they're going to be improved, but they might not be. And then this is a team that might sell off pieces at the trade deadline, you know, and then you, you, then you're dead. That's why I I wait on mine. And that's why I made it like a week into the season, but I didn't want to wait uh, another week or so because I figured, okay, the, the line, and we other shops that is already starting to drop, and, and, and another thing uh, with with this as well too is that you look at this division and the way it's starting, the Astros are going to win this division. The Astros will win this division, and the reason you're getting the price that you're getting, did you do it just for the World Series, or did you do it for the AL? No, as well? I, I I viewed it like this. I, I will do the World Series at twelve to one because mm-hmm. to win the AL is six to one. My motto, and I did the exact same thing last year, especially if I could get an underdog that comes out of the National League like I did last mm-hmm. year with Atlanta, then I will hedge off automatically mm-hmm. and get plus money there. So that's uh, my my philosophy on that is just get the maximum odds you can, and then you can adjust because, like I said, you may get a kind of a, a freak uh, occurrence where you get a team that rises up where you know you can hedge off and be a dog. Coming into the season, the reason you're getting that price is, one, the Dodgers are always going to be overbet in every market. Yep. We know that. Like, the Dodgers will always be overbet yeah. here. Uh, the other part is Toronto has gotten a lot of love this year. Yeah. Okay. This is the best team they've had on paper, yep. pitching-wise, hitting-wise. A lot of people expect them to make that jump this year. And then you can't forget about Tampa Bay. They're a good organization. Yep. They've been consistent uh, the last several years. So you got three teams right there. And then you the bet. other monster is the White Sox right. because they're going to run away with that division because that division is so weak. They're going to have home, you know, home field. Not that home field 
is as big in baseball as it you know in any other sport, especially when you're talking a seven game series. But there's four teams taking money before you even get to the the afterthought of the Astros, who's been a perennial playoff right. team right. for how many years? And what I like also what you just said, all those teams that you mentioned, you didn't mention the Yankees or the Red Sox, big public teams big veteran teams who have been there before, I'll take my chances against those teams. Mm-hmm. Like last year, everyone was talking about the White Sox, and I bet the Astros in that series. Right. I go, White Sox aren't, aren't going to be ready for this. They don't have the experience. So all those teams that you mentioned, even though Toronto's very talented, they haven't been here before. None of those players, I mean, unless they came over from another team, right. Right. you know, I mean, Springer's over there you know, for Toronto, and Toronto's got some, some veteran guys, but just as a unit with that manager and that core, I'll take my chances with the team that's you know, haven't sniffed the postseason in, you know, years and years. we got to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we will talk about some football and also hit the NBA. we got play-in championship kind of like tonight, right? <laughs> really? And what do you get for that? Oh, I get to be the number eight seed. Yeah. Two games, we'll talk about that. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo live at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. Doctor. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say in the house here, Savan made her way into the house, into the sports, but the cosmopolitan. We got Japan in the house, we got LA in the house, we got ladies from all over the place here, the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. You like this, don't you, G This is how we roll around here. See, Mar- Marco's, uh, he's not used to this on the set, you know? You know, when Marco's on the road, he's, I know, he's, he's all, all guy central. You know, we, we attract the women here, Marco. You're starting to find that out, huh? Yeah, I'm still, I'm still amazed trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. A little Pulp Fiction for you. 1994. You guys have not seen the Quentin Tarantino documentary about its QT8 where they talk about his first eight films. It is fantastic. Are you a Tarantino fan? I watch some of the movies, but okay. I haven't seen that documentary. That would be good to see. It is good. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, it's been HBO, Showtime. Yeah. I DVR'd it uh, a while back when it came out about six months ago. Great behind-the-scenes stuff. And all the great cast members, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about uh, how Quentin Tarantino obviously got into business and directing his story and uh, how he continues to utilize old characters in, you know, from movies. Okay, Savon, if you're going to be bringing us drinks, okay, you can't be bringing water. we got plenty of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get, you, bring, you bring us some real drinks, okay? I'll tell you what. All right, Orange Whip, Orange Whip, or, three Orange Whips. That's from the Blues Brothers. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Orange chocolate shake. I like a chocolate shake. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, no, they don't here. They don't. They don't. I'm off. I'm off at four o'clock. We'll get a chocolate shake then. <laughs> no, we're good. Look at so got ladies coming to buy. Marco, don't be shy. I know you're not used to this. Okay, this is what you get. You're in the VIP area now. I don't know. I just. I have no words. <laughs> Savon. Savon is now playing a, a cocktail server as well, too. She does it all. She she can bring the goods. She'll deliver it all, I'm telling you. Loyal listener, Savon, and a handicapper as well, too. Good, good. Go. All right, with all that being said, we talked about baseball. Tell you who I like tonight. 
Who does Marco like tonight? Well, there's a couple games I looked at, but I only gave my clients one. I went with Kansas City tonight, going against the Detroit uh, starter in this one. Uh, Scooball was not impressive in his first outing, and uh, this is a guy generally just not going to go deep into the game. And then you get the added bonus of facing the Detroit bullpen, which is, was always a, a good thing to see them coming into the game. So Kansas City lot, dropped the first game of the series. I actually was on Detroit last night. Now I'm crossing over the other side to Kansas City to bounce back. Mm. All right. I don't like betting on bad teams, Marco. My motto is, in any sport, don't ask a bad team to do something good for you. Yeah, but when they're playing another bad team, <laughs> right. somebody's got to you know, pick, you know, pick the lesser of the two evils. Right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what we have happening this weekend? We have the USFL. No. That's right. The USFL is back, ladies and gentlemen. This is not 1993. 1994. Or 84. 83. 1983, 84, 85, and then 86, they were gone. We we remember that. Cliff Stout still on the Pittsburgh Maulers? Yeah. (laughs) So I was going to ask you about this. So, yes. This is uh, not the old, uh, your father's, uh, you know, USFL, but uh, they are in, in kind of a way. You ready for this? <laughs> Eight teams are in the USFL, the New Jersey Generals, the Birmingham Stallions, the Houston Gamblers, the Michigan Panthers, the Philadelphia Stars. Does this ring a bell to you at all? Sounds familiar. They're the same team names. Yeah. I will give them credit for that. The Pittsburgh Maulers, were they around back in the original? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Bandits, Steve Spurrier was the coach, right? And then I believe it was the Portland Breakers, wasn't it? This is the New Orleans Breakers. Okay. That's, so that's I think, different. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I'm, that it was more. Here's the deal. So you got eight teams. They're going to play ten games. The USFL, yes, is back. Um, we got network coverage on that. I think, what, isn't NBC... And Fox, yeah, NBC and Fox are all in on this. All games. Now, this is where they're losing me, Marco. I know diehards love to play football year-round. They like the spring football. But, okay, what are you doing? I, I didn't did, did I ask you to create a USFL theme song? Is this what you're doing here? <laughs> this is not your, your NFL theme music. Do I need to go into my John Facenda voice here? It was a cold day at Lambeau Field. Marco's just shaking his head. All right, uh-huh. chuck. That's enough chuck. <laughs> but all these games are going to be played in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes, you're looking at me like I got three heads. Yes, all games are in Birmingham. There's two divisions, a north and a south. You know why there's not an east and a west? Because there's no teams in the west. <laughs> Look what I just rattled <laughs> off. New Jersey, Birmingham, Houston, Michigan, Philly, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay. How come there's no West Coast teams here? There's not even there's not even a team west of New Orleans. Weird. They're, I can't it, name a player on any of the teams. There today. will not be any USFL trivia, so don't worry about okay. that. All right, uh, two teams qualify for the postseason in each division. They'll advance to the playoffs. Playoffs will begin on June the fifteenth. So there you have it, sports fans. The USFL is opening up. Have you done any handicapping? I have not. Will you? It's possible. I'll, I'll watch uh, some of the games the first two weeks okay. and see the quality of play 
look at the rosters at that point. Let's face it. I mean, these rosters are just put together. I, I mean, how much planning, how much, you know, yeah. we'll see how they, what teams gel. Maybe there'll be some value there. But this is crunch time as far as we've got NBA playoffs you're going against. You've got hockey in the final, you know, couple weeks of the season. Then they're going to go to the playoffs. And we just started the baseball season. So I got a lot of stuff that. I'm dealing with that I'm trying to keep a pulse on, and I don't want to play stuff just to have action. Right. I'm not a guy that's a high-volume player. Mm-hmm. I want quality, not quantity. Right. right. And, I, and there's nothing against people that, I mean, I know a lot of successful betters that use the shotgun approach. They play all the games yeah. for the same amount, and they're playing 15, 20 games a day, and they, they just want to finish each day a couple games Plus, over 500. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I don't like those kind of swings. I like them slow and steady. I'm like the turtle and you know the right. rabbit. I'll, I'll be the turtle and I'll see you at the finish line at the end. So like any league though, if you dive into it, handicap it, you may have an advantage of of watching this stuff because obviously the bookmakers aren't watching every game. And again, I have this conversation all the time with the WNBA. A lot of people are not interested in the WNBA, or they'll say, hey, "Well, maybe I'll have some action or whatever." And the bookmakers really can't set a lot of accurate lines. So, you know, for those of us that watch the WNBA or involved in it or whatever, it's you know, you look at some of these lines. I'm going, really? That's that's not right, you know. And but you just have to analyze it. Maybe if you dedicate some time into these USFL games, you may be able to find some spots. Uh, again, I'm sure that we're going to recognize the players because they're going to be. Guys that we saw in college play, we'll recognize that. Uh, recognizing some head coaches, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that. Uh, but, you know, it, I think I'm, I agree with you. Maybe let's let's see how it plays out and see if we can do something. But it's hard to just dive in, number one, and then dive in for substantial, you know, money or substantial wagers. you you got you to be careful. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm that way with any sport. You know, at the beginning, like baseball, we're a week into the season. I told you, I've only made 13 plays. I don't, you know, I'm not coming out firing. I know a lot of people do. I want to, I get stronger as the seasons go on because you got more data to work with. You got, you, you know what teams have put together a good roster with, you know, we talk so much about the, you know, the closers. That's a big part of the game anymore uh, because they, the pitchers don't go deep into the game. So let's see, you know, how these teams are fa- faring in those seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. Do you have teams that are blowing leads? You know, a few years ago, the Mets. You could only bet the Mets first five. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you could not take them in a, in a full game situation mm-hmm. because, you know, you held your breath once the starters went out. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of times you're going to lay just a hair more juice on a first five inning wager, but the way to combat that also is if you really like that team, instead of going first five where you have the opportunity for a push, go first five mm-hmm. and lay the half a run. Mm-hmm. It really brings down the price tag on on a game if you got a starting pitcher mismatch so listen you're from pittsburgh at your hometown what's the history here maulers where were you signing off on that back in 1983 if i remember right it, their logo had something to do with uh you know the steel mills and stuff because maulers yeah the anvil uh yeah oh so yeah i wasn't a big fan i went to one i did go to one game 
to say I went to a Pittsburgh Maulers game. Then did, I, it didn't it didn't entice me to come back first. Did second. they play at Three Rivers? Or, or it was they, at Three Rivers. They did yes. play at Three Rivers. Yes. You remember the attendance they had for those games? <sighs> not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Not a lot. Yeah. No. And in the, U, the the L.A. Express they drew pretty well, and some of these other teams, the Jer- the New Jersey Generals with Herschel Walker, they drew pretty well. Well, they had you know there. The original USFL did have some names. Yeah. You know, they, they had some. Steve Young. Young. Didn't, wasn't Jim Kelly in there, too? Jim Kelly, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see what they do now. But what was the last league we just had a couple of years ago? And then they, they quit in the middle of the XFL? season. XFL? Yeah. Yeah, and then the a, AFL or whatever yeah. it was. I mean, yeah. you, yeah, they, I'm, I'm not a fan of spring football. Yeah. Just, you know, I'm all about less is more. And let's. Let's let's keep it September to February now. Now the middle of February, okay. It's wet the appetite. Let's do that. When you start saturating the market with all this spring and summer football, I, I, I don't know. And it, but you're gonna play teasers in them. You could. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I'm down. <laughs> Man, you you know I just I just take take shots from you, man. But I don't mind it. It's okay. Yes. I can give it back. You know, it's Friday. Nobody else wants to come. You, you're stuck with me. Everybody <laughs> always picking on me. You know, Marco says, hey, you need me this week? I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. So I, told, I told Marco, you got to open invitation all the time. But now I'm starting to rethink that. <laughs> NBA play-in tonight. We've got two games. We've seen some significant line movement. So uh, let's go, man. Hawks and the Cavaliers. The This game actually opened the Hawks a road favorite, minus three. Please, and now it's down to, to two, so we're getting some Cleveland money there. The Cavaliers got blasted by the Brooklyn Nets. Never really in that game. Final score wasn't even indicative of how it was. It was you know, 115 to, to 108. But why, they the Caval- why are the Cavaliers they hosting this game? Why are, they, why are they hosting this game? Because they were the... Seventh or eighth seed, they got. Even though they lost, they they get the home court over the nine and ten yeah. that come in for the play. Yeah, it's. Did even you see? They, did you see Minnesota when they won their game? They won yes. their playing game yeah. to make the playoffs. Yeah, they won. Had a party. You thought they won the championship? I, I did. Yeah, it, it did. That, that's what's so crazy. And then they'll probably all that for naught. They'll be going home. Yeah, that's. You know, yeah, I, I won't be looking for <laughs> Minnesota. Me, me too, especially with Patrick Beverly. So the. Uh, uh, breaking news with Patrick Beverly. We're talking about the Timberwolves, right? When they defeated the Clippers the other night, and Beverly was going crazy, took off his jersey, he's talking trash, threw his jersey up into the stands. Well, he was fine. Your fans are back. He was, uh, of course, they're back. Oh. There he is. <laughs> Team Japan is back. Look at this. Everyone's here. Thank you. Thank you. How do How do I say? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Welcome or thank you or you are beautiful in Japanese. I'd like to say that. I'm curious if they've been drinking that they came back to the yeah, show. Yeah, they've been drinking. <laughs> they get ready for the BTS. That is not Bachman Turner Overdrive without the the O, right? With right. The S. No. Yeah. Well, you're, you're dating us now. Thank you very much. <laughs> Patrick Be- Beverly was fined $30,000 for his vulgarity and comments uh, during the game and after the game. Was talking trash to his former teammates. Remember, Beverly spent four years yeah. with the Clippers. And, uh, yeah, he was just going ballistic here. And like you said, he was leading the charge, Marco, uh, in that arena at the Target Center. They just won the championship there. So uh, you got to remember, the Clippers traded him to Memphis. Wasn't happy about it. 
didn't work out well for him there. Memphis traded him to Minnesota, and now they played the Clippers in that first play-in game. He had plenty to say after the game on Tuesday night. Here's what he said. In the press conference, he goes, take their ass home. It's a long flight to L.A. Take their ass home. It's deeper than that for me. I gave my blood and my sweat and my tears to that organization. You remember them, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah of course you do. <laughs> Showing your age. Earth, goes, wind, and fire, too. Well, <laughs> you guys know that. Don't hate me. Earth, wind, and fire. Don't get me here. Oh. check. We're closing the show with Earth, wind, and fire today. He goes, you guys know the story. I said close the show. But you can play that for seven minutes. I'm cool. I'm cool in the gang with that. Blood, sweat, and tears just to be written off like that. He's injury prone. He's old. This, that. To be able to come here and play them in a play-in game and beat their ass. No other feeling, man. No other feeling. So then later on Instagram, Beverly recorded himself calling out his old team saying, you weak-ass Clippers, (laughs) and then said, get the F out of here. Get the F out of here. Get on the plane. Patrick Beverly fined 30 grand. But he's going to be able to play this weekend. He is going to be able to play this weekend, and he gets to play against another team, Memphis, you know, you said. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I think he's going to find the going a little bit tougher against Memphis. He's going to, they're not going to be able to shut down that Memphis offense. Oh, man. You yeah. think there'll be any defense in that series? Yeah, no, virtually none, you know. And uh, probably not much defense from Brooklyn against the Celtics. Celtics play a little bit of defense, but Brooklyn won't play any. Yeah, they're going to be some fun high-scoring yeah. games this weekend. All right, so real quick, uh, tonight's game. It, so it's a uh, winner moves on, gets the eight seed in the East. They will face uh, the Cleveland-Atlanta winner will face the Miami Heat in the first round. Loser, leave town, you're done. You can get their ass on a plane, I guess, too. Let Patrick Beverly get him out of here. All right, so who do you like and why tonight? Atlanta-Cleveland. Cleveland favored. Uh, I'm sorry, Atlanta favored by two. You keep wanting to make Cleveland a favorite. You're, you're trying, to, you're trying to make your own teaser. If, if, that's <laughs> it. I'm not going to cross zero. I'm done. Okay. All right. No, I like Cleveland in this spot. I just think everything looked too easy for Atlanta the other night against Charlotte. They put up 132 points. This is You talk about a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde team. This is a team that not the same at all on the road, Atlanta. I'm going to go ahead and take Cleveland plus the two. I think – they can play a little bit of defense, and that's something we haven't seen right. in the NBA. They got an answer for Trey Young. Do you think Trey Young's going to get his points? But mm-hmm. you know, if you let him get what he's going to mm-hmm. get and take the other stuff away, mm-hmm. Trey Young's not going to beat you by himself. So okay, I'm going to go ahead and take Cleveland plus the two. Pelicans and Clippers in the West. Winner is going to get the Phoenix Suns. Losers gone. Pelicans were a four and a half point underdog. Paul George is out due to COVID. They're already out with, with Ka- Kawhi Leonard, so. Shorthanded Pelicans now a one-point favorite. They are. I was all set to take the Pelicans at plus four. I can't do it now. I think this is an over-adjustment. Five points, I think, is too much uh, for George in this game. But I still can't get to the window and take the Clippers at, at the number okay. because they had no time to prepare for this. This was this morning. He, you know, okay. he's out. Clippers plus eight. All right. <laughs> right. No. Clippers, no. <laughs> Cleveland plus eight on the teaser pleaser, my friend, right? And then we go with now the Clippers getting plus seven. Do you endorse that? 
I don't. Why don't you take? <laughs> why don't you take Cleveland plus the eight and hook them up tomorrow with Memphis down? Oh, now you're okay with that. With I'm trying teaser. to give you the better okay. of the better of your I like bad that. investment. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Paul, I'm not endorsing the, teasers in the NBA. Right. But if I had to play one, and you're asking me, take Cleveland tonight. Right. In I, Memphis tomorrow. You know, I, I asked for Earth, Wind, and Fire for us to, to leave. He's given me Blues Brothers, which is fine. Maybe because I did the Orange Whip reference. Maybe. Is that why? Maybe. All right, my friend. Tell them how they can reach you, man. Wagertalk.com. Marco D'Angelo. Follow me on Twitter as well, at Marco in Vegas. Check out wagertalk.com. We've got a lot of free information, a lot of daily shows on every sport. We even got a guy that's doing Asian baseball. Look at we that. We have a show. There it is. All right. Thank you for our lovely Japanese friends that uh, joined us here tonight. Savan joined us. Everyone else, Trevor the referee was here in the house. We had people from all over. I see my man wearing a Cubs hat here today. There you go. See, they can get the job done against the Rockies tonight, right? We'll see. For Marco D'Angelo, T.C. Martin, Double B. Brian Benowitz. Appreciate him joining us first hour. The G-Man always making it happen live here. Always flawless with the G-Man and Numbchuck back in the studio. You guys have a great weekend. You miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Check it all out there, all of our interviews. And we will reconvene Monday at 2 o'clock. Have yourself a good one. Hasta la vista, baby. And a happy Easter weekend. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. There you go. Jeff Green. Sorry. As this game is going on, he's feeling it, and you can see he's rising to the occasion. It's the TC Martin Show. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. This is your captain, baby. Hey, come with me. The doctor is now in. And a very good Friday to you, literally good Friday. That's right. As uh, we prepare for the Easter weekend, the T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be than the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas because... We are in the sports book, powered by William Hill. You've got great dining options, the gaming options, concert here in town tonight at the Chelsea, the Killers, which I'm going to be at tonight. Looking forward to that. And, of course, my man Marco D'Angelo is by my side, and he knows what's going to precede the Killers concert for me. Blue Ribbon? Is that a question or is that a statement? <laughs> of course. That's a statement. Blue Ribbon, absolutely. And, uh, yes, and our friends from Japan are in town here today. A shout-out. To my lovely new friends, Marina and Mia. Mia. Mahia. I lose. I lost it. I got Marina. Darn it. Melina. Huh? Miu. Yeah. Marina and Miu. All right. I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. They're in town for uh, BTS. Very popular BTS. We talked about it last week. Can, can I see some uh, moves, some BTS moves from you, Marina? I'd like to see that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she, she's not shy. She's going to go. Let me see some dance moves. How they busted out. That's how they busted out BTS style. Look at this. <laughs> Give this lady a round of applause. <laughs> there we go. This is how we do it here. You never know what you're going to get on the show. It's not just sports. It's a little entertainment, a little fun, a little dancing. I appreciate uh, you lovely ladies. Hang it on, join us. Oh, there it is. And that is Nunchuck back in the studio. You should see the look on these ladies' faces. Go ahead. Bust a move. <laughs>
Oh god. Please Come on, Marco. Please stop. <laughs> we tell him this is my favorite song. As Casey Kasem once said, this is the top of the charts. Genie is loving it. Love Chuck, you have created the monster here. Think my job is done. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right. BTS. All right. I want a full report from you ladies later on after BTS. Oh, they got, this is like dance routines here. <laughs> I, don't the Raiders have some cheerleader openings? Yeah. Don't they? All I know is she the, dances a heck of a lot better than you. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> well, see, they teach that in Japan. You know? She probably goes to school for that. Very nice. Yeah. Very nicely done. There it is. All right, that's how we uh, start off the show here today. A little, a little BTS. How about some killers, Numb Chuck? You got some killers? There are probably some killers fans here. Do our ladies know the killers? They don't know the killers. Las Vegas is very own. Marco knows the killers, I right? Know the killers, yes. Of course, all right. Uh, Double B knows the killers as well, too. Here we go. Killers in concert tonight at the Chelsea upstairs. Not one, not two, but three sold out shows tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday. So there you go. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see your name on the, uh, the requested ticket list, Marco. I didn't know there was a list to get on there, buddy. <laughs> I always find out after the fact. <laughs> Listen, you got, you got your chicken and ribs in advance last time, so yeah. there you go. All right. Well, I got to say, uh, it's a little bit better than my, uh, my previous engineer was all into the, uh, the, who was it, the Queens of Stone Age. You familiar? G-Man's probably familiar with that, right? And when the Queens of Stone Age came, my man Jazzy Jeff was all over that. And we surprised him with some tickets, and he, 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 he went ballistic, yeah. Mosh pit, the whole bit. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. See, G-Man is one of those hard rock guys. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah he's one of those headbanger guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's our DJ at large. That is Nubchuck there. Exactly. It's a good thing, Nubchuck, that you pay attention. Because, you know, there, there are some board ops. The very, the very first board op I had when I moved to Vegas, when I was doing my national show in 1992, God bless him. He was great. He was from England. Stacy O. And those that used to listen to the show back in those days in the Sports Entertainment Network, myself, Joe Chevalier, and Larry Kotler, Tim Neverett, this and that. So Stacy O was my guy. And he would be uh, in the studio. And we're on over 100 affiliates. Knew nothing about sports. And he would be reading a book in between answering phone calls. I'm going, what are you doing? Because I'm just re- reading my book. I mean, you know, see, he, he could never give me any, any good sound effects like this. There you go. But no, he was good. I was just kidding. Nunchuck. There you go. You could, you, could, you could fade that way. And I'm guessing, I have no idea, that that's Queens of Stone Age. Is that right? Ding, ding, ding. Okay, good. It took me forever to get that because I, w- I, could, I never heard of that group, really wasn't familiar with them. And so Jazzy Jeff would give me a bad time all about you can't, you know, I'd say like Stone Temple Pilots one time. I'd say something else or Queens Reich. I'd get it all mixed up, right? You know? Yeah. But, and, and it's funny how it's been about two, two and a half years that I even recall this now, right? And then I, I had to stumble. But Queens of the Stone Age. Queen of Stone Age. There you go. And I'm sure G-Man could name probably their top three hits, right? All right. Marco, not your genre? No. no. What is your genre, by the way? You're probably an old Journey guy, right? I Well, obviously, but I like Pearl Jam. I'll be going to see them shortly next yeah. month. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Make sure I get on the guest list for that one for you. <laughs> 
this thing. He gives me a bad time, but he's telling me, yeah, well, you, did you go to that Knights game the other night? I was there. This is, Or what about this? Or some other concert or whatever. I see pictures after the fact, you know. You got me beat with the pictures. I'm <laughs> sorry, okay? Hey, did I show you my pictures from last night? Have no, you seen I that yet? I, That's, I right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, because I, I didn't post on Twitter and say, you're not a Facebook guy, are you? I'm are, on. Are you? Yeah. Well, what, what, what are you waiting for? Let's go here. There we go. <laughs> hey, uh, TC, you know who else is coming to the Chelsea? Who else is coming to the Chelsea? The Deftones. Oh, the Deftones are coming. Look at this. Yeah. Look, look at G-Man. G-Man, do you want to be on my guest list for that one? Numchuck hit me up for some concert. Was this the one that you wanted to go to? This is my concert. This is his concert. Okay. We'll put Numchuck down for that. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chateau Briand last night, my friend. There you go. Sliced. Of course, a little dessert. Of course, of course uh, the French dessert. onion soup, oh. you know. You like he had that. me at hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we want to talk sports today or not? I, you're having a lot of fun, it seems, right that's now. How we, that's how we do it. It is kind of the off-season for, for football, and uh, some might want to say it's the off-season for basketball as well, too, since the college season's over. But as you know, we're, we're getting ready it's for playoff time. It's playoffs. Playoffs. Exactly. Guys might not take days off for no reason. Yeah. You know, I'm going to blame this all on, uh, on Marina. I'm going to blame it on her because she got me off on this old music kick here today. So there you go. Would you like to say hi to everyone in America, Marina? She's not shy, though, you know. <laughs> okay, today on the program, Marco D'Angelo, our guy from Wager Talk in the house. We're going to be breaking down some Major League Baseball tonight's games. We'll talk about some Major League Baseball futures as well, too. I'm going to get into that here in a minute. And then also we do have playoff basketball. It is time for the NBA playoffs. Officially gets underway tomorrow. But uh, we do have the play-in game survivors, you might want to call that, tonight. We have two games with that uh, happening, so we will dive into that. Atlanta and Cleveland tonight. The line Cleveland, the Cavaliers, a two-and-a-half point favorite in this one, even though they got blown out in the first game against uh, Brooklyn. They're a two-and-a-half point favorite against the Atlanta Hawks, who have pretty much been red hot, but you get Atlanta on the road. It's a little bit different story here. And Of course, you got Trey Young, and uh, Atlanta comes off uh, that big victory. It's really kind of strange, Marco, that the home team here, the Cleveland Cavaliers, are hosting a game after they got blasted by Brooklyn. They were never in that game, and they're a favorite. No, they're actually the underdog. Cleveland's plus two. Like I said, you know, <laughs> Atlanta should be the favorite. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually on Cleveland in this game. I, I know Atlanta looked great uh, in the first game. Uh, scored, what, 132 points? But uh, they're not the same team on the road. And I like Cleveland in this spot. Cleveland was the darling uh, first half of the season. They were a moneymaker, and then uh, they faded down the stretch. A lot of injuries to this Cleveland Cavalier team, but they're somewhat healthy now. I like them at home, uh, plus the two. I know they're plus two because I've already bet them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I do believe you. I do believe you. So, yeah, the the Atlanta Hawks, why have they had so many uh, problems here on the road? It has been... Kind of crazy because they are definitely night and day different team from from home to away. It's called that uh, they don't play any defense, <laughs> okay, yeah. and they give up a ton of points on the road. You can't, you know, outscore everybody. And people are going to look at tonight's game, and let's be honest, TC, when when they look at it and they see it, you know, minus two, 
you know, either direction, you're basically pick the winner. And how many people are going to look at that game the other night with Atlanta and say, hey, they put up 132, they ran Charlotte out of the building, and now it's basically pick the winner. To me, Atlanta just looks too easy to grab tonight, and that's why I'm on the ugly home dog there. And I say it all the time, TC. We, we do, I've said it in football season. Don't overreact to one game. No yep. team's ever as good as their best performance or are they as bad as their worst performance. And let's face it, Atlanta had their, their best game the other night against a Charlotte team that really looked horrible in that game. They were out of it, you know, from the you know basically six minutes into the game. It was never a match. So I'm going to go with Cleveland tonight uh, at home. If you like Cleveland, if you want to talk correlated parlay, obviously you got to think there's going to be a lower-scoring game. They don't want to get into a track meet with Atlanta in this game, and I think they'll be able to slow the pace down a little bit. I haven't played much NBA regular season this year, and I will play the playoffs. And I actually did partake in these previous games, these four previous games, and I, and I hit them all, went 4-0 there. And uh, like you said, the, the East was pretty easy. I mean, you know, with Brooklyn and then in Atlanta and uh, and then you know, the, the T-Wolves uh, with their victory and then uh, New Orleans, uh, the victory the other night here. So something's got to give here. But I am looking forward to the real playoffs starting uh, tomorrow and, and Sunday. We do look forward to that. But, uh, yeah, you talk about Atlanta, 132-103 when they defeated uh, you know Charlotte a couple nights ago and then Brooklyn took care of Cleveland 115 to 108. So Brooklyn is all set to take on the number two seeded Boston Celtics in the first round. The winner of tonight's East battle between Atlanta and Cleveland, the winner of tonight's game will face the Miami Heat in the first round. So um, a little look ahead possibly to that. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. Now, the other game tonight out in the West has the Pelicans taking on the Clippers. Now, you mentioned, Marco, uh, about this game. Basically, both games kind of virtually pick them or, or two points. This game actually opened the Clippers a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It got bet up right before we came uh, – got bet down, I should say, to a pick em. And now, in some spots, the Pelicans are the favorite. And I'm seeing the Pelicans a one-point favorite at some shops. Uh, you know, here at the, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas – like Marco mentioned, we have the Hawks, a two-point favorite in, in the East. And uh, here as well, too, the Pelicans now are a one-point choice here. And this is all because Paul George is out of tonight's game due to COVID. So this is some crushing news for the Clippers, crushing news to uh, Clipper fans, especially if you bet the Clippers, you know, yesterday or even or this early morning. this morning, yeah. right? Exactly. So and Paul George, what he is to the Clippers, he is everything to the Clippers. 31 points uh, the other night in their loss to Minnesota. If it wasn't for Paul George, Minnesota probably w- would have won by double digits. But it has been a horrendous season for George, not you know performance-wise on the court, but just the injury part of him. Uh, as we know, many, many years ago, you know he had that uh, disastrous injury here um, at the Thomas and Max in Vegas. And, and our good friend, uh, Dr. Joseph Yu, who is the UNLV team doctor, performed that surgery on him. He missed 51 games this year, averaging 24 points, seven rebounds, and six assists. And they're already been, you know, we're missing Kawhi Leonard, who's basically out for the season. And Kawhi Leonard out with a torn ACL. So big blow for the Clippers tonight, a five-point swing. Do you believe that one player being out of this game is worth a five-point swing when you still 
have home court advantage. Yeah, that's to be honest with you, I was ready to take New Orleans this morning at plus four, and then the injury came out, and I think they've over-adjusted the line. Uh, Paul George obviously is an integral part of this Clipper team, you know, on both ends of the court, you know, defensively and offensively. But as you said, he's missed so many games this year. They've played without him. I think five points is an over-adjustment. And we know, you know, we talk about it when we do tomorrow. If we do a look ahead to tomorrow, there's a game where you've got a big injury as well. When you just get that injury, the first game after the injury, I like to take the injured team because generally, you know, Vegas knows where the public's going to go. They're going to overreact to the news. They're going to, you know, bet against the injured team. So you generally get value. But it's better when you have a few days to prepare your game plan. This is something that happened just this morning. So now, you know, they're going to be playing, and, you know, how many hours later they got to make the adjustment. That's a bad break for the Clippers and the Clipper fan base, and it gives uh, New Orleans a good shot in this game. But I like it better when I was getting three or four. I, I don't know that I can pull the trigger on them in that game. So right now I pass the second game. I do lean to uh, the Pelicans, but not enough to get to the window now. Yeah, I think with this adjustment, Marco, I'm, I'm actually leaning to – I wasn't going to get involved in either one of these games. Uh, but, again, don't, don't throw down your headset. But I, I'm thinking about teasing this game now. <laughs> there you go. Oh, okay. Now think about this, Marco. We, we go from the Clippers – to be in a four-and-a-half-point favorite, now they're getting one. Heck, by the end of the show, it might be one-and-a-half or two. I tease that up, buddy. I might be getting six or seven points here. What's wrong with that? I'm going to call our good buddy Scott, and me and him's going to have an intervention on you and these teasers in basketball. <laughs> They're doing the trick there. Don't be ringing the bell back in the studio like you even bet a game, Nunchuck. Like you even ever bet a game. Listen. It should be the gong bell sound for you betting a teaser. <laughs> Which, why don't you like value? And I and I go ahead and I point it out to you when I've hit these games, and, and the it's, teaser has only covered, and you're tearing up a ticket on the other side. You should not be so bullish on the teasers, <laughs> or is that bearish? I can't figure the that out. The thing with the teaser is, I like what what you do with some of the games. If you're taking that mid favorite and getting it down to try to manipulating the line, that's my yeah, motto. That, that's it. But in basketball, the frequency of scoring is so much that that. Those points that you get are not as valuable as a teaser in the NFL. I take teasers in the NFL all day long. I just don't do it in any other sport. So what? Do you don't think that the, the the teaser numbers are equated from football? Because I, obviously the bookmakers think so. That's what they do, and they they do. You know, I'm not much for four point teasers. I'm with yeah. you. There's not enough value. It's you know two buckets. Uh, but a five and a six-point teaser, and I'll play six-point teasers. Again, I don't mind laying a little juice. What are you, or, what are you laying on the yeah. juice on those ones? Uh, 120. 120? Yeah. yeah. Even on a six? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And if I want to get plus money, then I'll try to find a third, which I may be inclined to do because we have a, a big enough board to find one good game. If so I can manipulate three teams, the line. You're going to do a three-team. Six-point uh, teaser. That's, do the math, Marco. I'm manipulating the line 18 points in those three games. <laughs> All right? And, and, and then when those games fall in between the the one and the six, I, I look like the smart guy. Okay, let me ask you this much then. Uh, when you're doing that for minus 120 to win 100, if you have two marginal favorites and you're trying to tease them down just to get them into a win situation. Which I do, yes. Why don't you just do a two-team money line parlay? And good, good question. I will answer that. Uh, what I will do, depending on what the money line is, I will take the, the greater value. 
So, and I and actually did that. Remember I said those two games, the, the uh, 4-0, so 2-2? Two two? That's exactly what I did. And I ended up getting plus money, I believe, on that first night. Um, I think I ended up getting, I think, plus 130 or 133, on, on, you know, because one of the lines was like a buck 80, another one was like two bucks. Right. So, yes, I, I do look at that wherever the greater value is. Now, I won't condemn you for doing that. Okay, thank you. All right. I, no, but you a lot of proof. I'm you're getting, I, 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 I got approval. Oh, hold, okay. oh, hold on. Pit boss. <laughs> approval. <laughs> I got approval. I can play now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Marco D'Angelo has given me approval to play the. Two-team money line parlay in certain instances, but he is still voiding my ticket <laughs> for the two-team teaser. Pay Marco, me and his money. <laughs> manipulate the line as much as you can. So seven-point teaser you play. Okay, now, I'm, seriously, I'm going to try to logic this thing out. Let's say I'm going to use your team just so I can get you all fired up, okay? We'll say the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Maybe a bad example. Maybe right. without Mayfield. Now, who knows? Okay. <laughs> Pittsburgh, seven-point favorite. Get them down to a pick them, okay? We get into um, yeah, same type of thing that, you know, give me a game tomorrow. We got, we got what, Boston maybe teased down or somebody that's who, who, who's Memphis, a five, who's a five or a six or seven-point favorite? Memphis and uh, Golden State. There you go. Okay. What is the difference if you're just getting them to to win the game? Because if you're if you have a favorite of six and a half or seven, you're teasing them on the five or six point teaser. You still have one or two points that you have to cover there. If you take the money line parlay, you just have to win the game, mm-hmm. and you're not laying one twenty. Okay, you're laying a hundred. You're you're saving the juice. You're you know it's a better play. And going back to the NFL. What's the totals in the NFL? Average total these days are 46 to 52 in that range. And we always say the lower the total, the better the teaser. Why? Because the lower the total means less points. When you're dealing with a basketball game, you're going to have games tomorrow where the, the total's 230 points. That's boom, boom, up and down the floor, okay? Those three buckets that you're getting... Aren't that big of a deal? Okay, I tend to, I tend to disagree with you. Okay. On, on, again, again, if you're taking and go in the reverse order, if you're getting a underdog that's getting, in this case, well, you know, if you, it, it's not now because the game was four four and a half. I would be interested in, in teasing New Orleans up if I'm getting to get ten ten and a half to get them to double, to double digits. digits, you know. So if, again, that's, if that's, you are that's live as well too. I'm with you about crossing over zero. I yeah, get you that. Can, you cannot. You don't, yes. Yeah. Okay. So a two and a half point favorite. You're not getting any value at all at plus two and a half or three. Yeah. I understand that. They'll put a but window specifically for you if you want to bet. That's, that's if not you me. Wanna cro- if you want to cross the zero. But my point the books is, love you. Okay. Love people for th- that. I guess. I guess what I'm trying to say to you, my friend, is that there is not a quote unquote label. There's not. It's not black or white. For me, there's a lot of gray, and I will pick and choose when I do that, when it is to my advantage in my handicapping, where I can manipulate the line and also get value. Or else I don't, I don't play it. So I don't play the teaser just to play the teaser. It, it has to line up with the numbers in the matchup. For me, if you know, again, I'm not giving my seal of approval, but if you are playing a teaser in basketball, if you're getting it to the spot where you're just picking the winner, that's that's an okay move. If you're doing it where you're getting it over seven, and I'm not talking the touchdown in football because that's the, the key number that we're trying to get below, 
But in basketball, you, if you're taking a dog, you want to get it over the seven because that's the mythical number where teams will, you know, if you're in the final 30 seconds, yeah. you, you know, you might get a dribble out, you know, on the clock. They're not when they're down three right. possessions, you're not going to keep fouling in the final stages, which becomes very important when you're laying those numbers and you're sitting there. There's 20, you know, 24 seconds left, and you watch the team dribble out the ball and land on seven. So. I can get you to admit, because I pointed out numerous times during this NCAA tournament where you saw that I cashed tickets, and if I would have bet that game straight, it was a loser. You saw that on numerous occasions. It, so um, why would you continue to to uh, disapprove me? It's the math. It is ah. not a long-term plus If EV we're looking play. at the bank account and the units, <laughs> right? If it works for you, it works for you. Again, it's it's not a blanket statement. And that's, I guess, yeah. I'm trying to explain to you, my yeah. friend. And I get guys, especially professional handicappers like yourself, I mean, if, if some of these uh, so-called, uh, you know, called sharps heard you say, oh, money line parlay, whatever, I mean, they think that parlay is, is evil right. as well, too, and teaser is evil, right? It's, it's like straight play only. Well, with the money line parlay, I'll have people say a lot of times, Okay, we're talking baseball, so we'll use an example. Yeah. The Yankees are generally going to be a big favorite every day. And they're saying, I, go, I don't want to lay 220 with the yeah, Yankees right. today, but I'm putting them in a money line parlay. And their answer to me, they're still minus 220. The math is still the same. And I tell them, yes, the math is the same, but I'm not risking $220. Correct. I'm risking a $100 parlay right. and putting two teams together to try to get that back to as close to an even money bet as I can without having the risk of laying two to one. Yeah. That's my answer to that. Yeah, the math is always going to still be their 220 favorite, but I find ways. To me, it's all about it's not only what you win, but, you know, we talk about our ROI and, you know, your risk factor yeah. there. And I just don't like to risk big units on favorites. I'll find different ways to play them and make them profitable. Right. You do it through the teaser. Right. I'll do it through a money line. Or both. Like. I'll do either yeah. one. And here's another thing, too, where a lot of handicappers will just X a game if it's over 150 or 160 on baseball. Right. And perfect example last night is, I, I handicapped the Dodger Red game last night, the day before, mm -hmm. and I knew that the Reds were, were going to be throwing a opener, mm -hmm. okay, in that game. And then they changed it up, so I made the line like right around 180. And I said, "This is it's Walker Bueller, it's the Dodgers home opener, Freddie Freeman." And then I just liked the matchup and the way it lied, and especially I was going against this particular guy who the Reds were throwing, who mm -hmm. there's no way he was going to probably get out of the second inning, right. uh, even if he retired. The, uh, the side in order, they were going to go pull him anyway. Then the, they made a pitching change, and they went with another basically middle reliever instead. And I'm sitting there, and now the line shoots up to minus 260. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, do, am I going to lay 260, though I feel really good with the Dodgers, mm -hmm. or do I do the run line? And I'm not a run line guy. However, I will look at a run line if I have a visiting team because I want my nine at bats. Exactly. That, that's my mindset. I don't want to be at a disadvantage where, A, I got to win by a run and a half, more than a run, and only get eight at bats. I, I don't want that. And I get that. You're going to be a, a $2 favorite, like you mentioned with the Yankees or somebody, or in this situation with the Dodgers against the Reds, minus 260, for a reason, right. because that's what should happen. And I really don't mind laying a big number if I feel very comfortable. I equate this to boxing. 
which I bet a lot of boxing, I bet a lot of heavy favorites, I do very well, uh, to Canelo Alvarez. I have no problem laying minus 400, minus 500, minus 600 Canelo Alvarez because I view this as the books are going to hold my money for about an hour. And that's what they're going to do. So I'll lay 6,000 to win 1,000. I'll do it and not even sweat because it's mano a mano, man against man, this and that. Team sports, obviously a little bit different, but then we don't have minus four and five and six dollar favorites. Occasionally Clayton Kershaw back in the day we did, but but right, so my mindset with this is is okay, when should you do that? Now, before I let you answer or give me your comment on this, look how last night's game played out. It played out for me as I ended up taking the Dodgers and I said, you know, I'm just gonna go you know, I'm gonna, gonna lay it. First score I see is 3 nothing. They score in the first bat 3 and I go, oh, just how I handicapped it. I go have my nice dinner, the Chateau Briand last night, with all the trimmings and the dessert, and I come back, turn on my TV, it's 3-3, and Freddie Freeman is standing on second base. I'm going, well, what's happening? And no, leadoff double, okay, that's fine. Then what happens? They win the game, they cover the run line, they score six in the eighth. So the bottom line is the Dodgers scored all their runs in their first at bat and their last at bat, but... Uh, Anyway, so I, whether I got lucky or not or whatever, but there's a reason that these heavy favorites are what they are. They are, and you say, and I agree with you that if you're taking a favorite on the road in laying the run line, that's a better spot because you're guaranteed the nine at bats. There are times, though, that I will lay it with a home team, and that's going to be a situation where if it's a bad scheduling spot for a team, you know, maybe it, they just come off the travel day, they, they traveled the night before, playing a day game or something, or you look at the situation, they used a ton of pitchers in the game before, right. so their bullpen got emptied the night before. They might have to leave a guy out there as a sacrificial lamb sometimes, mm-hmm. where you know normally you would pull him if he's struggling in the third or fourth inning, but your bullpen's been depleted the last few days. You need to you know stretch that extra inning out of a starter. Mm-hmm. I might lay the run and a half in that instance because I feel mm-hmm. the longer the game goes, I have an advantage. Mm-hmm. Another way that you can do and bring the odds down a little bit, instead of laying the one-and-a-half run, I've done it several times last year where I'll go first five minus a half run. Right. Right. And that'll bring the price down to a more uh, to a more comfortable, you know, lay where you're not laying two twenty or two forty. <laughs> All right, as my good friend Andy Isco, another a great resident Las Vegas handicapper here, as he points out, a two-team Moneyline parlay of minus $2 with another uh, $2 favorite pays a profit of plus 125. So there you go. No different playing a underdog in a single game at plus 125, right? Right. So, yeah, you and I are on the same page with that. You know, most, most of the time we are on the same page. Except you teasing. That's it. You're, you're lucky. Call, you're lucky. Season, uh, NBA. You're, you're, you're lucky. I, I tell you, I rarely play the NBA. But you know how many times it worked for me. Both of you guys at all this. I'm pointing to Double B, who just who popped in here as well too. You know, on his skis and his skates. Uh, how well that's worked during college basketball. I do say it's a good thing we can't tease hockey. All right. There we go. Thank goodness. All right. When we come back. Maybe we can coax Double B in to join us for a VGK segment. I don't know. He, he is, he's still technically on the IL. I don't know. I, he's, I think he's dealing with a lower body injury because there's only upper and lower body in hockey, right? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's all they have. Yeah. No happy medium there. No, 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 middle, no middle body? 
injury? Uh, well, sometimes it's the mystery <laughs> injuries that get you uh, when you're doing salary cap. Sure. <laughs> Marco D'Angelo joining me here inside the Cosmopolitan on our fabulous Friday edition. We're going to talk uh, a little bit more NBA, Major League Baseball as well, too, and Vegas Golden Knights when we come back live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Hey, everyone. This is Carnell, a.k.a. Golden Pipes, and I want to welcome you back to the T.C. Martin Show. Live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, Golden Pipes uh, singing away here tonight. And uh, getting ready for a little Golden Pipes coming up here in the postseason, hopefully. All right, we'll talk a little uh, Vegas Golden Knights here. TC Martin, Marco D'Angelo from Wager Talk. Trevor, the referee, has made his way down the aisle with the skates on tonight. Uh, No game for you tonight, uh, Trevor. But lo and behold, who has returned? The one and only Double B, our man at the Cosmopolitan, the VP of Casino Operations. He is back from surgery, technically on the IL. No cane, no crutches, no nothing. It looks like he, he's ready to skate. Maybe he can be, Maybe he can give us about three or four shifts tonight. I don't know. Double B, you're looking good, my friend. Just recently from under some major knee reconstruction, my friend. Yeah, you know, the, uh, I feel pretty good. It's been three-plus weeks now. Uh, the good doctor, Dr. Crivetti, took care of me and uh, gave me a good review on Tuesday. And uh, the rehab, I've been going to Tim Soda Rehab up there on the Northwest. They've been taking great care of me. And, uh, yeah, plugging along. i got just four weeks till i got to do the next one, so i uh, got to get it ready. Okay, 23 staples, I believe. Is that the number that you had to have taken out? Yes. And, of course, I know this because he sends me a picture. There it is. Here's a guy in his recliner. Looks like he's hooked up to some IVs. He's got like three TVs in front of him watching the watching NCAA hockey. tournament and, and the hockey. Oh, yeah, the tournament he, too, yeah. yeah, this guy, I don't think he moved from his little, what do they call it, Barclays recliner, whatever he has there. Probably had, uh, you know, all the food, beverage, you know, delivered to him. Uh, yet you had uh, basketball morning, noon, and night. You had hockey at night. Uh, but I didn't need to see any stitches or staples i didn't need to see that you're a little queasy with that uh, huh? yeah 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 i yeah I, I didn't send you some of the worst pictures but yeah. <laughs> it's cleared up in a hurry they you know they, they've done a great job and they get you right on there and put some weight on there and want to get you you know back in the game as quick as possible yeah well it's great to see you my friend i'm glad uh, you, you made it down and this is incredible because i've told, talked to several people including uh doctors and people in the medical field i said my, my friend he's a uh, back at work after 17 days. I go, what? No, that's, he, he can't be back at work after 17 days after going through this surgery. You can't stay away, can you? Well, you know, I've, I've eased into it. I've worked four hours or so, <laughs> okay. you know, during the day. Tonight I'm going to try to do seven hours and, uh, to, you know, All go right. to the show with you guys, enjoy a little bit of the killers. So. There you go. The killers here tonight. Yeah. Now, Double B, of course, uh, he's the master of the set list as well, too. Yes. So I imagine he will, he will have the set list later. And have you ever tried to bargain with these groups and say, you know what, I've got a, I've got an injury or I've got a date later on. Can you hit some of these songs for me early? Have yeah, you ever I, done that? I, I mean, after all, you are I, paying the, gr- the I, guys. I've requested Fedora to play the three songs that I really know, first, second, third. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, though. You know, this is a great, this is a great thing for the Cosmopolitan to have these three shows here over this weekend. Uh, a great local band that's done great things for the city. So uh, real, we're real excited as they kick off their tour. All right, there it is, and uh, a lot more great shows here coming to the Cosmopolitan this. Some of the Counting Crows are coming. Yep, just announced. Yeah. And, uh, and then Nunchucks uh, group 
uh, is, is coming here in a couple weeks as well, too. I'm not sure who that is, but we got all kinds yeah, of bands that yeah. I don't know who they well, are. Well, remember, we went through this. I told the story yeah. earlier when, when Jazzy Jeff was here. Remember, yeah. and he, he, the, the Queens, Queens of the Stone, Stone Age. Age. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, I go, I go, and you and I are going, what the heck is that? We have no idea. Yeah. And he loved it. And he loved it, yeah. exactly. There it is. Who is it, Nunchuck? Your 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 band. You're the president of their fan club. Who's that? Deftones. 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 Next weekend. Yeah. Deftones. Yeah. All right. We also got uh, a band called Heim and another one next weekend. I can't even remember. They're they're coming at us fast though. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of fun. Good good stuff. All right. Uh, here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, and we talked about uh, uh, Scott and I were on the show yesterday, and he gave you a ringing endorsement as well to the best venue for concerts. In Las Vegas is the Chelsea. Yeah, I, th- I think we all would agree with that. It's it's just a great venue. The sound is fantastic. The energy in there is phenomenal. And, uh, you know, we get some real top-notch bands, and there's a maximum of 3,400 people in there, and uh, it's really a, it's a lot of fun. All right. So, Double B, I know you've been watching a lot of hockey, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to touch on some baseball here next hour, but just a little uh, – how do you – have you been watching any baseball by any chance? So I, I had I, there was a, there was a time where the games all ended. Yeah. So I had one game was the the Red Sox versus the Yankees in my far corner. Yeah. And I didn't really watch it, but the Red Sox won the game. That's okay. All I there you say. go. But okay. I did watch. I did see the highlights, and I got aggravated because they took that pitcher out for the Dodgers. <laughs> there you go. There you the go. Guys chasing history. I mean, there's not many perfect games, and the guy goes seven innings and they take him out. Mm-hmm. He only threw 80 pitches. I can throw 80 pitches right now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe from the stretch. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. So. We talked about this uh, at length uh, yesterday, and we actually had Tim Neverd on, a good friend of mine who is the play-by-play radio broadcaster for the Dodgers. And, of course, uh, Tim, I can say this because he's probably not listening right now, but I kind of – he took the company side of like, hey, well, you have to be careful with them and this and that. I say nonsense. It's Clayton Kershaw. He's a veteran, and he he had a decent spring – you are rolling. It's seven innings. You mentioned 80 pitches, but let's let's talk about this part. 13 strikeouts, yeah. no walks. He had zero high leverage situations at all. I mean, the Twins are helping this guy out. They're swinging at everything. They're making it so easy for him. And his his stuff, his slider specifically, just as sharp in the sixth and seventh inning as it was in the beginning of the game. There was no fatigue whatsoever. But this is Dave Roberts. This is who this clown is. We saw him do it with Rich Hill back in September. And Hill, I understand, has had more injuries and that sort of thing. We've seen him do it in the postseason, in the playoffs, with Kershaw, Max Scherzer last year a little bit. But he's been through this with Kershaw before. And to say you're protecting him and all this other stuff, Come on, man. You send the guy out for the eighth. Let's find the happy medium here. Send him out for the eighth. See what he does. He's got 80 pitches. I'm telling you, the way that game was going, he may have got six outs in under 100 pitches in 20 pitches. He could have had a six, eight, or ten pitch inning in the eighth. You never know. But at least send him out. See how the arm is doing or whatever. But I just think this is Dave Roberts overmanaging again. Kershaw would have been fine with it. And Kershaw said all the right things, wants to be the company guy, fine. He wasn't hurt. He was fine. Like you mentioned, Double B, how often are we going to see perfect games? How often do we see perfect games? Has it been 10 years? When was the last perfect game? You know, I think we've had one in the, in the last few years. We, I, I believe there was one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, it's still it's a very rare hitters, occurrence. But it's very rare. But you get there. There's no guarantee that Kershaw, and I'll make the prediction that Kershaw doesn't come close and get there ever again. I mean, this was the perfect storm, the way everything was playing out. Frustrating. Yeah. To me, to me, uh, they should have let him go. If he gives up a hit or shows any kind of weakness, yeah. take him out. Yeah. And what happens here now, and here's the other part. So they take him out. History here. 
The Dodgers are up 7 to nothing over the Twins. So instead of bringing in Blake Trinan, who was warming up earlier, who's kind of like their setup guy and then their closer guy, let's try to go for the still perfect game. For the franchise, you could still get this. What's he do? He brings in a ham and agar while we're up by seven runs. He acts like it's it's eight to one and they've given up six hits or whatever. You still have history you control. Maybe it's not one pitcher, but you could still have a combined perfect game. That would be pretty cool, right? Instead, he brings in this guy who's a middle reliever, has no business being in the game, wouldn't be in a game in a close game. What's he do? Bring him in, re- retires the first guy, second guy, base hit, it's over. Yeah. No history. No history. I'll agree with you on that part of your analysis, but taking Kershaw out, it's the first game of the season. You had a shortened spring training. He's had a history of injuries the last few years. Listen to Dr. D'Angelo over here. Okay, and here's going to be my question to you, Brian, and you're a horse guy like myself. How many times has your trainer maybe come up to you before race, first start of the year, and say, you know what? We need just to get a race under our belts. You know, we're, we're not going to overextend them, but look for the next start. This this start is setting up the next start. you got to take care of the animal. And I don't want to call Kershaw an animal, but he's his horse out on the mound. You need him all season long. I, I understand that analogy because horses do run better on their second time off of a layoff. However, we've had horses come out and they've said, hey, we're just going to take it easy on them and they win the race. Yeah. And so uh, they, then they surprise them because they're ready to go. And then they probably bounce the next. Uh, <laughs> maybe they hit the layoff after that. But no, they usually bounce the next. But uh, to me, the guy was humming along. Let him go. Let him try. I mean, uh, I, I don't see it. You're up 7 nothing. You, you give up, like I said, you give up a hit, take him out. Yeah. Uh, Double B, what, what you say i mean we've been through this before with him during football and basketball uh when we kind of go to the wayback machine the flashback did you say it's been 10 years is that what you said that was my guess 10 years uh, okay the breaking news dumb chuck uh, our crack research staff on the tc martin show is spectacular that's pretty good tremendous as you know the last perfect game felix hernandez you remember him right from the seattle mariners the, the big cat or something august right 15th 2012 oh. That's roughly in the neighborhood of 10 years. <laughs> Very nice, my friend. Yeah, yeah. lucky guess. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Why don't you just handicap the rest of the baseball cards yeah. since you're on fire? Yeah. yeah, you know, the toast went to the opening game in, the, in uh, Petco yesterday. He did. He was all fired up for his Braves, and they did not do so hot. So yeah, but uh, tell the toast. Uh, he can get on the Braves today. Uh, Braves one of my best bets today. We'll see, talk with Marco about that next right. hour as well, too. A little bounce back, I think, for the Braves because you talk about a, a situation for a pitcher going today. This is my pet peeve. The San Diego <laughs> Padres. Is Toast going to the game tonight? No, he's going to, Saturday. He's going he Saturday? Went, okay. went yesterday and Saturday. All right, well, it's a good thing he's not going tonight because <laughs> they are sending out uh, their third overall pick in 2017, uh, and he's making his – First Major League Baseball start tonight. That's right, okay? Uh, I'm talking about, uh, I'm sorry, the name is escaping me. Gore, 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 yes. uh, Mackenzie Gore. He is going tonight. This guy's been in the minor leagues for five years. The Padres never believed in him to give him a start. This guy has pitched in spring training the last three years, hasn't even gone past four innings. And they're saying, well, you know, we're paying him all this money. We gave him a huge signing bonus. Let's throw him out there tonight. Let, let's finally give the guy a shot. Five years later, I mean, if, if you're the third overall pick, that's got to be one of the most disappointing draft picks in the history of baseball. It has to be. Because if you're the third overall pick, 
you're spending a year or two in AAA, and then you're up at the big club right away. You're spending five years in the minors and never pitching. But you can play the flip side of it, and this is going to be his biggest stage he's ever been on. Go for uh, the advantage. We always talk about pitcher over the hitters, yeah. first time through the league. Full game, maybe, yeah, because uh, yeah. I don't trust the San Diego uh, bullpen right. Right there. But he might he might surprise you for you know, he's, he might only go four innings, three or four oh, innings yeah, and sure get him out. Yeah, there is. So does baseball still do those, like, 50, 60 rounds of drafts? Or yeah, it, oh, it's yeah. up there. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's that many, but, yeah, it's, it's yeah. still up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'd have to say like only, I don't, really, I don't really follow it. I do know it's Jackie Robinson Day. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. A- a- absolutely. And, yeah. and anybody that uh, gets he's a good chance. good uh, ESPN did a great special with uh, Dusty Baker. I saw talk, Dusty talk, talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great piece. So everybody go see that and actually – yeah, I reached out to Dusty and talked to him a little bit about that today. And he couldn't join us on the show today. I said, hey, and we could spare a couple minutes. And he goes, man, it's, 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 it's the first game of a series. <laughs> he goes, i got to meet with my coaches. And all these people want to talk to me about Jackie Robinson stuff today. Ah. He goes, you know, just, okay, relax. We'll, we'll yeah. be on the Astros tonight. There he's, we go. He's a little busy. He's a little busy. I get that. <laughs> kind exactly. of a break. Exactly. Nice, nice to see Jackie Robinson's wife at 99 is going to be in attendance. That was uh, nice. something I saw. Isn't that great? Notes. That's Van- very cool. Fantastic. Very fantastic. All right. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, my friend. Uh, so you haven't been to the Fortress in a while, obviously. No, I have uh, not. Wait, I'm, uh, hopefully wait. in the playoffs I'll be able to make it back. Okay. You said hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully you'll <laughs> be able to make it to the playoffs. Yes. Or hopefully the Golden Knights will be in the playoffs. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> The Vegas Golden Knights, if they play like they did really uh, yesterday, uh, and uh, I think that you now have a new goalie for the Vegas Golden Knights. I think that it's Logan Thompson's crease now. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, They put him in in the biggest game of the year in front of where he grew up in Calgary. And uh, we, we being the Vegas Golden Knights, have not fared very well up there. I think only won twice before, uh, like 4-2 wins, and one was a a miraculous comeback. I don't know if you remember that back in uh, the first year that we were uh, a franchise back in 2018, or 17-18 season. So uh, the last time up there, 6-0, blanked, crushed, and and really humiliated by the uh, Calgary Flames. Uh, Calgary had pretty much the same team. Markstrom, they chased him. Uh, The team had great passing, looked good. Uh, the, The things that you need to see is, the improvement of the skating and the finishing uh, as these players come back. Stone uh, obviously has not finished, but he's, he's moving the puck around a little better in game two. Pacioretty looked a little better, although he was a little, he was a little aggravated that he missed the, the shot. Now you're looking at a guy like Eichel. He's looking magical out there now. Uh, he's moving that puck around so quick. His hands are so strong on there. And uh, he, the guy's got 12 goals already. Uh, so... Um, Having those pieces back puts them in good position. Uh, One o'clock start tomorrow in Edmonton. Edmonton's been on fire. I think they've won 13 out of 15 or 13 out of 16, something ridiculous. They they blanked the Panthers last night, did us a favor. Uh, And uh, right now with a game in hand, or two, one game in hand, one game in hand on the Kings and down one point, uh, you know, mathematics says they went out, we went out, we're in, they're out. Right. So uh, winning out, winning your last seven games might be a, a chore. But uh, the way they're playing and the confidence they had, in the, in, especially in the second and third period, uh, I like the way they look. And, I, you know, if, if they win tomorrow, 
Uh, come Monday against uh, the Devils, that'll be a raucous crowd in, uh, in at the Fortress. T-Mobile, they beat Calgary last night 6-1. to one. The Golden Knights are 7-1-1 one, and one in their last nine games. And even in, in the 1-1, one, one, they had opportunities to actually win those games as well, too. I mean, they could be on a, a nine-game well, win streak here. Well, no, they, they, got, they got blown no, out the by one Vancouver. Game, the one game, they, they, they got, got blown out by Vancouver. Yeah. Vancouver was but the overtime team. loss is what I was talking about The overtime loss was, uh, kind of was really, to me, it was all on Leonard. Absolutely. Leonard was, Leonard yeah, was yeah. very bad right. in that game. Uh, he just didn't know where the puck was. Right. Uh, and the guts that they showed to come back, Shea Theodore blasting that one with about 40 seconds left to uh, to tie it up was great. The the overtime was frustrating to see a guy get cross-checked in, in the back and f- basically flung into the, the, the thing, right. and then he puts it in, and then, you know, see Vancouver celebrate like that. But that's okay. You know, those things do happen, and they don't get called a lot in overtime. So um, I like the way the team looks. Uh, still missing some pieces in Riley Smith and, and Carrier and missing Haig. Um Hopefully they get healthy uh, if they do and, they, and, and the team makes a run and does make the playoffs, they're eligible to come back because there's no salary cap for the playoffs for those guys right. that come off the, off the injured reserve. But I don't expect any of them to come back right now because they have to play their right on the salary cap. Marco, are you as confident as Double B that the Golden Knights make the playoffs? For the first time in a month, they actually control their own destiny. This is the first time that they've been in that position. When you go 7-1-1 one, and one, and you basically never make up any ground, yeah. that's frustrating. As far as the goalie situation goes, I don't want to be DeBoer right now. It, this is a, basically a no-win situation. The public clearly wants Logan Thompson in net. Okay, everybody's down on Leonard, and I've never been a Robin Leonard fan. I'll admit that. Part of that's because I was such a Marc-Andre Fleury fan, but... Yeah, Flurry did us no favors last night. <laughs> no, that, that the goal. To, <laughs> but at least, at least they still won. They didn't give him two points. They yeah. only gave him one. Yes. Uh, but this is a situation with Leonard. If you don't come back with him, what's that do to him for the rest of the season? And then what does it do moving forward? Because we know, you know, and I, you know, I didn't, don't take this the wrong way. Um, he takes things more emotionally than than the average player, you know, with other problems aside. Where's his mindset going to be if you, you, you bench your $5 million, you know, yeah, I, goalie? I, I get that, but, you know, I, re, I remember the St. Louis Blues ran, ran uh, with Bennington. Jordan Bennington uh, to the Stanley Cup. Yep. And he was a rookie, and he got hot. And this is a scrappy kid, this, this Logan Thompson. He's been playing great over the last couple of years. He's undrafted. It's all his hard work. He clearly looks better in the net. And I'm not a Leonard hater. I'm not. I mean, I can look at my buddy Trevor here. He despises Leonard. Uh, but I, I am not a Leonard hater. But I could see right now Leonard has zero confidence. And maybe he's still kind of battling through these injuries. So to me, you got to put who's going to be on the ice to make your team the best. And the team, the guy that looks the best to me is Logan Thompson. And... Uh, uh, Clearly, in his last, I don't know, five, six starts, he's, he's, he's won all but one, maybe. I mean, and, and he's the ones that he's given up, they're, they're good goals. They're not goals that, that trickle by like you saw in Flurry or, or something where they can't find the puck. These, right. these are guys that are sniping it by him. So, uh, which, you know, when we didn't have all the defense and, and our, our, we had a, an AHL team playing out there, uh, you left these guys out, out to dry. Um, but right now, uh, it's an exciting team to, to watch, and, and, you know, if you get Riley Smith back, that's going to be three just wicked lines with a, with a heavy fourth line. If they make the playoffs, this is going to be a team that nobody's going to want to play. I, I mean, because when all the pieces are right. back, and then yeah. you mentioned it, and I think it's the most stupidest rule. 
you have a salary cap all season, okay? <laughs> and you you got to, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul to get the, get the lineup card, you know, that you're under the cap all season. But then you get to the playoffs, and, and it doesn't matter. If they come off the IR. If they come off that, that's what Gucherov did last year, and that's why Tampa Bay was $18 million over the over the uh, uh, salary cap during the playoffs. But it didn't matter because he didn't play during that during the end there. So uh, it's it's it is interesting. It's weird. It's weird. I think they need to move up the salary to be totally honest. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's an exciting time. You know, we've never been in this position right. where we're scrapping and clawing to make the playoffs. It's to me fun, right. uh, and and you're watching really attentively, and you're watching a lot of games. Right, I'm watching every Dallas game. I'm watching every LA game. I'm watching every Panther game, just to see. Hey, can we? Can can they? Can they get beat? Can right. we? Can they sneak a point down there? LA's got a pretty soft schedule, but they do have to play Anaheim, and those teams hate each other. I mean, hate each other. So if Anaheim bumps them off a couple of times, they're going to love that and then salvage their season. If you are Peter DeBoer here, all right, and let's even go above Peter DeBoer here. Let's go upstairs, the executive offices. How much of your decision about Robin Leonard versus Logan Thompson as you approach the playoffs here, or even down the stretch, even before the playoffs, because you have to approach it this way, how much factors into the fragile nature that you're dealing with of the psyche of Leonard and his huge contract? Hey, this is the guy that we kicked Mark Andre Fleury out of here for. We're paying him this big money. Thompson's young, this and that. But if he add it all up, you know, Thompson is probably playing better. I mean... Talk about those conversations, and where does that factor in here? I, does it factor in? I don't think it factors in at all. You put, okay. the, you put the guy in the crease that gives you the most likelihood to win the game in front of you, and you've got to win each game. This is a business, though, and you know how people think. Well, I, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm kind of sick of the argument that they, 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 he got the $5 million and got rid of Flurry. They got rid of Flurry so they could pay Martinez and a few other players, basically, to keep them. Flurry would at seven million and thirty-seven yeah. years old ended up being the, the one that needed to go because people w- wanted him. Nobody wanted Leonard, Leonard at the end of the year last year. Right. He wasn't exactly somebody that was going to go. Well, you could have kept Flurry and get rid of Leonard. Who? But who's going to yeah. take? Nobody's yeah. going to take Leonard. You're going to be stuck with that salary. Yeah. You know there was there wasn't interest in him at that time. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, very simply, uh, they made the move. Uh, right now, you go with who you got, and and again. We just saw very recently the St. Louis Blues hoist a cup with a rookie goaltender yep. and an unsung guy that came in and did it and got hot. Uh, so uh, I would have no problem with it. Would you have any problem with it? Chasing the cup down here with Logan Thompson? Not me. That'd be good. I'd have I, a, I, a I ball doing you. that. Again, if, if, if I'm, Mike, I'm, Mike Hyman would be in there. He'd be ready to go. Like I said, none of us are. No. We're, we're not Leonard guys. So I'm, I'm all about Logan Thompson. You know, go with the youngster. And it seems they play harder for him. I was just going to say. Defensively. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Leonard's let a lot of goals through, but he's had some bad defense in front of him in some of those games. He All made right. a couple big saves in the third period uh, in that 4-4 overtime that, that we ended yeah. up losing, uh, and really he had, had like one or two shots. So it's very hard to do that. So he did come up when they needed him. He is a team guy. He'll support who's ever out there, and if he's got to be the backup, and you never know if somebody gets hurt, then you could step right in. So this is a team sport. All right, we continue to monitor the VGK situation. Double B, looking good, my friend. Look forward to seeing you tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us a little bit tonight. Uh, always our gracious host. I'll see you at 7 p.m. You got that right. All right. All right. Killers in action here tonight, concert-wise. Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, no better place to be. Come on out here, hang out, be part of all of the festivities inside the sportsbook powered by William Hill. The gaming, the food, it's all here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. One hour down, one to go. We come back, we talk some Major League Baseball, NBA, and more. The T.C. Martin Show on this fabulous Friday from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas.